This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I am your host, as always, here on the Hockey Hotbed. And we have a good show for you guys today. The calendar has officially flipped to the month of December. We're in the dog days of the NHL season, which, I mean, to be fair, is probably the best dog days of any of the professional sports. I don't know if NFL really even has any because their season is very short. The NBA... The regular season can get a little monotonous. And the MLB, let's not even go there with the dog days at the summer in the MLB season. But we're getting into the dog days of the NHL season, yet we still have some very, very big news stories that keep coming across the wire. So we will talk about that in our Coast to Coast segment here in just a few minutes. But because it is the first episode of the month of December, you know what that means. That means power rankings are coming your way here. In the second segment of the show where I count down my 10 best teams in the NHL as of this very moment. And then we're going to finish off the show as I like to finish off every show on every Friday with the Hockey Hotbed 3 Stars of the Week. Giving you the best performances individually from this past week across the National Hockey League. But like I mentioned, let's start out with a coast to coast talking about the biggest stories from all 32 NHL franchises. Starting off in New Jersey, Jack Hughes had a monster day. And it wasn't on the ice, and it wasn't statistically, but he had a monster day personally earlier in the week. I mean, first and foremost, he's able to return for the first time and play at a game since the second game of the season when he left due to a shoulder injury, missing about six weeks of action. The guy came into the year with A lot of hopes, a lot of promise, and a lot of confidence. It translated in the first game of the year. I believe he had two goals. At the very least, he did score the overtime winner, launching his stick into the stands afterwards. And it seemed like, okay, Jack Hughes is off to the races here. Then, of course, in game number two, he gets the shoulder injury. He misses all that time. But luckily, he is back. Luckily for New Jersey Devils fans. Luckily for National Hockey League fans because this kid is fun to watch. And it's going to be fun to watch in New Jersey for a very long time now. Because the second part of Jack Hughes' big day earlier in the week is the fact that he signed an eight-year extension with the Devils for $8 million per season against the salary cap. So a $64 million to Jack Hughes, a guy that's really not played that much hockey in the National Hockey League. This is his third season. In the NHL with the New Jersey Devils. Like I mentioned, he's only played four games this season. And realistically, over his career, he's only played in 120 games. In that time, he scored 20 goals and recorded 55 points. So he's just about a half a game, a half a point a game player thus far into his NHL career. Not every first overall pick is going 
to click right away. Not every first overall pick is Alex Ovechkin or Sidney Crosby or even Connor McDavid. But Jack Hughes, you know, he fell into the, the same category as like a Nico Heeshier. Like a Rasmus Dahlin. Now Dahlin's a defenseman, so points-wise it's not going to match up anyway. Where it took him a little bit to get going. And that's fine because it also took Kapokako a little bit to get going too, who was right behind him. But it seems like Jack Hughes has started to put it all together. And we talked about that whenever we were at the outset of this season. Jack Hughes seems like he's starting to put it all together. It seems like he's starting to get it. He's starting to understand what it takes to succeed in this league. And and we expected him to have a big year. And he still could. The shoulder injury obviously hurts that a lot. He hasn't been able to play it all this year. And now he's trying to come back from that. But still, 120 games played. Only 20 goals on the career. And he gets a $64 million deal. The question's always going to be, is it too soon to ink this guy to this contract? Well, if you're looking at specifically just the numbers, yeah, the answer is it's probably too soon. But if you look at the way that he's played and the way that he's progressed in his career up to this point, then it becomes a little bit more of a question. 8 by 8 is not a small contract. It seems like a lot of people are starting to sign that contract, (laughs) especially this past offseason. A lot of people were signing big deals, and Jack Hughes just adds to the list. But still, he's in his third year, and the Devils are going to commit eight years and $8 million. It helps that P.K. Subban's $9 million deal comes off the books this year. There's how you pay for it right there. But you just hope that the confidence that we saw in Jack Hughes. You hope that the progression that we saw in Jack Hughes continues to build and doesn't plateau. Because if it plateaus, this contract can get really dangerous really quick. But I'm not here to rain on their parade. I mean, Jack Hughes is an incredible talent. He has progressed. He continues to progress. And he's still not at his ceiling yet. The only question for me is, is it a little too soon? It might be. Maybe you wanted to see him perform the rest of this year. Maybe the Devils thought, hey, he might go out this year after coming back off the shoulder injury. He might come back this year and look really good. And we might have to pay him more than $8 million a year. In which case, you know, I understand it. Make sure you get your guy signed. Jack Hughes is who the Devils are going to try to probably build around him and Nico Heischer. So I understand you want your centerpiece locked up. You don't want that hanging over your head. But $64 million to a guy that scored 20 goals in the NHL. Again, I understand it. He was a rookie. He's very young. We'll see if it pays off. I hope it does. I I truly do because I like Jack Hughes. And I like everything the Devils have done in their rebuild. And I think they're going to be a really good team. So I'm hoping Jack Hughes pans out. Mainly because he's a great personality as well. You know, He's one of the better personalities in the National Hockey League. When you talk about the kids that are great on the mic as well as on the ice. He's definitely one of them. So good luck to Jack Hughes. I hope it pays off for the New Jersey Devils. And it's nice for them because they have their guy locked up. It's always a great feeling when you you have your star player locked in and you know he's going to be committed to your team for the near future. And that's eight years for Jack Hughes. Moving out west, kind of, halfway. The other big storyline of the week Circled around Brendan Lemieux. 
And it's never for a good reason if Brendan Lemieux is in the news. It's never because he scores a, a highlight reel goal or he goes on a hot streak. It's usually because he does something shitty. Yeah, and once again, Brendan Lemieux does something shitty. He gets suspended five games by the NHL for biting. Stop me if you've heard that before. I feel like I'm probably going to be going for a long time because I don't think I've ever heard somebody being suspended five games for biting, mainly because people don't bite very often. Obviously, Mar- Brad Marchand likes to lick. Doesn't use teeth, though. You know. So, Brendan Lemieux out five games for biting. This happened back on Saturday of last week when the Senators were playing the Los Angeles Kings up in Ottawa. And, you know, Brendan Lemieux, Brady Kachuk, two guys that will fight, two guys that get very heated in the middle of a game, they go at it. Okay, that's fine. And then apparently Brendan Lemieux decides to to bite Brady Kachuk's hand. You can see Kachuk is clearly motioning to the fact that, you know, he bit me, he effing bit me. You can see some marks on Brady Kachuk's hand, and you just wonder. You look at the, the scuffle, and you know when Brendan Lemieux could have done it. But you can't really tell, you know, does is Brady face washing him? Either way, you don't bite somebody. It might have been an involuntary reaction. That's the only thing that I can think of in the defense of Brendan Lemieux. But realistically, it's Brendan Lemieux. You know, descendant of Claude Lemieux. It's not like he hasn't already had a resume in the NHL. He probably did it on purpose. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna sit here and point blame and say, oh, he did it on purpose or he didn't do it on purpose. But it's Brendan Lemieux, guys. Let's let's not joke about the fact that. He probably, you know, he has the history of doing shady shit. It was probably on purpose. So. Brady Kachuk had a lot of choice words. And I I, I know that you've probably heard this already. But the, here's a one-minute clip of Brady Kachuk calling Brendan Lemieux a brickhead. And his thoughts on Lemieux biting him during a post-whistle scuffle. I think this is the most gutless thing somebody could ever do. Um, not even children bite. It, and it's this guy is just. You can ask any one of his teammates. Nobody wants to play with him. This guy is a bad guy, bad teammate. You know, focus on himself all the time. Um, just the guy's a joke. He shouldn't be in this league. It's it's this guy's gutless. As I know no other team wants him. He's going to keep you know begging to be in the NHL, but no team's going to want him. This guy's just an absolute joke and just a bad guy. And it's just it's it's gutless, but. I can't really wrap my head around it. Children don't even do this. This, this guy's just a bad guy and not even a good player either. Code of conduct broken, obviously, big time. Um, how shocked were you when that happened? It's outrageous. It, it, it's like, I've, like kids don't even do that anymore. It's babies do that. And the fact that he decides it's, I don't even know what he's thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad bad guy, bad player, but what a joke he is. So it's, it's a couple more years of, I don't even think it's a couple more years. He's, it's ticking for him. Nobody wants him. Complete and utter brickhead. <laughs> yeah, something children don't even do anymore. That's uh, the words of Brady Kachuk on Claude Lemieux biting him in last Saturday's game. Now, he also mentioned the fact that nobody wants him. There is a history of people 
actively trying to get Brendan Lemieux to leave. His time in New York didn't end very well. Do I think he only has a couple years left in the NHL? Uh, no, I, I do think that he's still an NHL caliber player. And he's not quite to the antics level that it's going to keep him off of a roster. I mean, let's look at Evander Kane right now in his situation. Yeah, no, he didn't bite anybody, but Evander Kane is a, a little bit more of an issue in the locker room than Brendan Lemieux. I mean, the San Jose Sharks would rather send down a guy that's making, what, $7 million? They'd rather bury him in the AHL while they try to uh, try to facilitate a trade than have him in the locker room. So is Brendan Lemieux to that level? No. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe so. I think he'll probably be in the league a little bit more. But, yeah, Brady Kachuk not pleased with uh, the events of last Saturday, to say the least. Now, is the suspension the right move for Lemieux because now he's out five games for this? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you look at yeah, – you can't really find a guy for that because this is something that you need zero tolerance. I mean, if this actually happened, which it seems like it did, and it seems like the NHL suspending him just kind of – Let's us know that it did happen and he did bite him, not to mention the fact that there were bite marks on Brady Kachuk's hand. But is the suspension the right move? Yes. You can't really find him because this is a, this has to be zero tolerance. You can't have people, especially in the age of COVID, you can't have people going out here and biting other people. That's just not going to fly. So a suspension, if you look at how much money it's going to cost him to be suspended for five games, then what it would cost him for the maximum allowable, and I put that in air quotes, under the CBA to be fined for this which I'm sure there's somehow a rule for that in the CPA. It cost them a lot more money. Instead of, you know, a $2,852, the maximum allowable under the CBA, that's a, that's a guess. He gets suspended, and he's probably out 30 some thousand dollars for those five games. thousand or $37,000, something like that, considering his contract. So, yeah, it's a little bit more of a penalty, and you miss five games of the season. So, unfortunately for us, because I like drama. Uh, I do. I enjoy drama. Unfortunately for us, though, those two teams do not play again this season. So I'm sure the next time they play, which will be next year, the Sens and the Kings, I'm sure there's going to be a, a, a long memory where Brady Kachuk makes sure that Brendan Lemieux answers the bell for this. But these two teams have already played twice this year, so the Kings will not match up against the Ottawa Senators. So we'll have to wait a, a while for the receipts for this. But... I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, our December power rankings, we've made it to the Christmas season. And I'll have my Christmas power rankings, the December power rankings here on the Hockey Hotbed. We'll be right back. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner 
of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is December, the calendar is flipped, and this is the first episode of the Hockey Hotbed since the calendar is flipped, so you know what that means. It's time for Hockey Hotbeds. Power Rankings 3.0, our December edition of the Power Rankings for the 2021-22 NHL season. So let's not joke around anymore, let's get right to the nitty gritty. Debuting in the power rankings for the first time in hockey hotbed history, the Minnesota Wild. This is a team that I usually play pretty close attention to. For one point, because I really like Kirill Kaprizov. We'll actually get to him later in the episode. There's a little bit of a teaser. And for two, because I like their general manager, Billy Guerin. And I like everything he's done since he took over. But this team... Sit right now in first place in the Central Division. Coming into the year, I thought, okay, this is a team that was pretty good last year. Came in third place in the West Division. Went toe-to-toe with the Vegas Golden Knights in round one. Went seven full games with them. And they're still improving. They're, They're a team on the up. I still had some question marks, which is why they weren't in my initial power rankings. And even though they got off to a good start, They were basically an honorable mention in November. But I had to to include them here. Uh, You know, honestly, I could have ranked them a little bit higher than 10. I could have because of the way they've played. They were 10-3-1 in November. Absolutely phenomenal. The one question mark at the beginning of the season was the fact that Kirill Kaprizov was struggling. He's kind of turned that all around at this point. I believe he has 10 goals and 19 assists. No, 10 goals and 9 assists. I don't know. I, I, I got to look that up. I don't have that in front of me. But as a team, they're getting things done. I mean, Ryan Hartman is having a, a phenomenal season for them. That's kind of been a revelation, getting a great year out of Ryan Hartman. I already talked about Kaprizov. I mean, Matt Zuccarello, it seems like the whole reason at this point, not that they would have known, but it seems like the whole reason that they brought him to Minnesota was to be best friends and a great line mate to Kirill Kaprizov because those two have a chemistry that is almost unbreakable at this point. And the Wild have just been rolling as of late. Now, in that division, the top is actually going to be pretty tough, I feel like. They haven't had Colorado get going as of, as of late. I mean, they've had some struggles in Colorado, so they've been down in the division all year long, and Minnesota is taking taking advantage of that. They're sitting in first place. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, before I move on, has nine goals and 19 assists for 28 points. So I was close. I was I was off by a little bit, but I was close. So the Minnesota Wild, debuting in the power rankings at number 10. Number nine. Number nine, I'm going to go with the New York Rangers. Up one spot. From the November Power Rankings, this team is a team that has sneakily climbed into the top five in the NHL in points. 
7-2-2 two and two in the month of November. They're riding high on the back of the fact that their entire team is really good. <laughs> I don't have any doubts that this is a playoff team anymore. I had some doubts at the outset of the season. I said, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen them put it all together for a full season. And I still haven't. Don't get me wrong. It's only been two months. But the sustained success that I've seen from the New York Rangers, the way that they've played the game thus far into the season... Like I mentioned, 7-2-2 two two in the month of November. They made some pretty easy work out of a lot of their opponents. They have great goaltending. They have a really good blue line. They have some really talented top-end talent. And they're getting secondary scoring. Right now, they sit in second place in the Metro. They surpassed Carolina, one of the teams that, you know, Carolina got off to a start this season. It didn't look like they were going to be stopped. But, you know, as most teams do... They fall behind, they go through a little bit of a drought, and the Rangers were able to take advantage of that, having a pretty decent start to the season and then continuing to play at the same level. They've been consistent all year long, and that's why they're in second in the Metro, and that's why they're number nine in my power rankings. Number eight. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Last month for the November power rankings, I dropped them four slots to number four. I had them number one originally. I dropped them four slots again this month. They sit at number eight. Not because they've particularly been a bad team. I mean, eight, two, and three in November is a good month. It's what you expect from the from the Tampa Bay Lightning at this point. They're just going to keep winning. They sit in third place in the Atlantic Division. Good spot if you're a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion team. Corey Perry has been Scory Perry as of late. It's been nice to see. But they've suffered some injuries. Still no Nikita Kucherov. We probably won't see him for a while. And then in the middle of this month, this past month, they lose Braden Point. What looked to be a really bad injury. Luckily, I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad. But they lost Braden Point, which is huge because he is their, their leading scorer without Kucherov. Yet they were able to continue to roll. Andre Vasilevsky continues to be great. Victor Hedman is putting together another, another Norris Trophy caliber season. But there's just something off about the Tampa Bay Lightning. I can't put my finger on it, and that's why I slid them down here to number four. I also think there are a couple other teams that have just been a little bit better than them. I don't know if it's because they've been in the headlines more, but the Tampa Bay Lightning somehow, as a, as a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, have been quietly remaining consistent throughout the early portion of this season after a slow start. Number seven. Number seven, I dropped them one slot, and I honestly almost kept them in the same place if it wasn't for another team shooting up the standings. The St. Louis Blues. I really still don't know what to make of the St. Louis Blues. They're a good team. They're playing extremely well. They have talent on that roster, but still, when I look at that roster, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, anybody from St. Louis that's listening, Tom Franklin, my old buddy from formerly Blue Notes, now he does Toasted St. Louis. Yeah, let me know. I might ha- I have to have you on so we can explain, you know, what the St. Louis Blues' strengths are, what their weaknesses are, because this roster just doesn't look that strong to me. And I- I've said it a lot, so I won't keep bashing on them, but 6-6-3 six, six, and three in November, not a stellar month, but they still remain high, second place in the Central Division, only behind the Minnesota Wild. And it's a team that right now is, is relying on-, on the back of Jordan Bennington and Nett, and realistically, they're, they're top six scoring. Jordan Cairo's been all right. But I look at the rest of this team, you know, Pavel Buchnevich, okay. 
Brandon Saad has nine goals. Okay, that's a good addition there. Tarasenko had a little bit of a hot streak, but realistically, I just I look at this team and I'm like, I don't know if that team gets it done throughout an entire 82-game season, and I don't know if that team is good in the playoffs. So I still don't know what to make of them. Like I said, I'll probably have to have Tom Franklin on discuss that. So the St. Louis Blues are my number seven team heading into the month of December. Number six. It's making their debut for the Hockey Hotbed Power Rankings and formerly obviously not ranked. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Their start to the season, you know, we said Tampa had a bad start to the season. Toronto's was much, much worse. So much so that people were questioning the fact that, you know, Sheldon Keefe might have a hot seat right now. Uh, not, not quite after what he's been able to turn it around and, and do for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They currently sit in second place in the Atlantic Division heading into the month of December. The month of November was very kind to them. You know, very kind to the boys from the six. 12-2 and two last month. And that goes back to the fact that I believe they, after a really slow start, I believe they're 14-2 and two since then. So tack on two wins in October. These guys have been playing out of this world. Only slowed down a couple times. I know one of them was a 2 to nothing loss at home to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Seems like the Penguins just have their number this year, though, because they beat them 7-1 to earlier. And then just one other loss last month. So the Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, they're playing well. Austin Matthews, shave the mustache, gets a hat trick. Mitch Marner seems like he's on his game. Jack Campbell, he's a real deal. He is a starting goaltender in this league. We had questions coming into this year if he can handle the load. And listen, it's only two months into the season. We'll see if he can handle the load, specifically a load that uh, the Maple Leafs put on their starting goaltenders because he's going to play a lot of hockey. But as of right now, it's all working for Toronto. Again, same caveat when I always talk about Toronto. We'll see what happens in April. But as of right now, they're my number six ranked team in the NHL. Number five, Calgary. You know, I know what they are. But my question about the Calgary Flames is, are what they do, or is what they do, something that they can hold throughout the entire year? I mean, a lot of that's going to depend on Jacob Markstrom. That's, that's why I can't move them up, but I also can't move them down. Do I expect Jacob Markstrom to play at the level that he's playing right now, getting a shutout and basically one out of every four games. No, I don't expect that because that would be ungodly and you might as well just give him the Vezina right now if he's going to do that. But is he going to take a, a little regression of the mean at some point and the Calgary Flames that they might suffer? You know, it, it's the same thing. It's this is great, but then there's something else that kind of makes it throw off a little bit. I mean, Andrew Mangiapiani has 16 goals this year already. That's great. 15 of them are on the road. That's a little weird. They play a Daryl Sutter type hockey game, which, hey, to be fair, it looks great when it works, and so far it has worked. They were 7-3-4 in November. So another really good month for the Calgary Flames. But the question is, you know, do they have the ability to make up for it whenever Jacob Markstrom has a, a slow drought? Do they have the ability to do it Every night, be consistent with it. I don't know about that. I, re I really don't. It's a question for me. So the Calgary Flames, I stand pat at number five. Number four. The Carolina Hurricanes, they dropped two spots from the last ranking. 
They've lost five of their last six games, three straight. So, yeah, clearly I'm going to drop them a little bit because, you know, they're struggling a little bit. 7-5-1 in November, not a great record. Drops them to third place in the Metropolitan Division. But I still look back to the way they started and what they can be under Rod Brindamore. And it's the same thing with another team I'm going to talk about. When you start as hard as you did, I mean, they were unbeatable in the first month and, you know, first five, six weeks of the season. They were unbeatable. When you do that, eventually the wheels are going to fall off for a little bit. And it has for the Hurricanes right now, five out of six, like I mentioned. And they've struggled to score goals. That's been their big issue. But you look at that roster. I mean, Sebastian Ajo, Tevo Teravainen, Andrei Svechnikov. These guys are going to figure it out. You know, it, it is a drought. It is a slow portion of the season. But they're going to figure it out. They're going to score goals. So, while I am going to drop the Carolina Hurricanes because you, you can't not after watching them lose five out of six games and three straight, I'm not dropping them too much. Dropping them two spots, number four. Number three. The Washington Capitals, up four spots from their inaugural ranking last month, or yeah, last month. I had them at number seven. I'm going to keep moving them up because they've consistently continued to play very good hockey. Behind the stellar play of Alex Ovechkin, of course. Alex Ovechkin getting up there in the scoring race, not just for the Rocket Richard, but for the Art Ross, which seemed out of reach after the first month of the season, to be completely honest. Seemed like Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, it was their trophy to lose. Well, Alex Ovechkin is, is up there. He's pacing them early. He's hanging around. But realistically, it's because, not just because he can score goals, I mean, he has, I believe, 19 on the year, and he's stuck at 749 right now. Ooh, big deal. But because he's become a facilitator as well. I mean, we talked about it on uh, Monday's episode, or Tuesday's episode, excuse me. Sorry, I do too, too many episodes a week to remember on which day is on which. But he's become a facilitator there. And it's propelled them to first place in the Metropolitan Division. They passed up the Carolina Hurricanes, who had that red-hot start. They're above the New York Rangers, who are playing extremely well. And they lead the Metropolitan Division. 9-4-2 and two in the month of November. I saw firsthand, whenever they went head-to-head with the Pittsburgh Penguins at Capital One Arena earlier in the month, what they can do to a middling opponent, not even a, a bottom-of-the-barrel opponent. The Penguins are a middling opponent this year. They might be a playoff team. And the Washington Capitals, from the puck drop, just absolutely owned them. It was impressive. Very impressive. And I saw that firsthand. So the Washington Capitals are my number three ranked team starting the month of December. Number two. A slight improvement on last month's rankings for the Edmonton Oilers. They move up one spot from three to two. Listen, I had questions. I had questions. You know, McDavid and Dreisaitl, are they going to be able to continue to be ungodly? Well, the last time we saw Connor McDavid, he put up four points against the Pittsburgh Penguins, including three apples and an empty net goal. Leon Dreisaitl continues to absolutely blow out projections. And the Edmonton Oilers continue to stack wins on top of each other. 9-4-0 in the month of November. They're in second place in the Pacific Division, in a dogfight with the Calgary Flames. And when I ask myself, what's more sustainable, the Edmonton Oilers' offense or the Calgary Flames' defense? You know, the answer should be the Calgary Flames' defense. It really should. But 
when it comes to me picking goaltending versus the consistency of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, I feel like I'm going to go with uh, the consistency of McDavid and Dreisaitl because goaltending is voodoo. I hope Jacob Markstrom stays on where he's at, but uh, you never know. As far as goaltending is concerned, that's still my biggest question with the Edmonton Oilers. Miko Koskinen, Stuart Skinner, are they going to be able to do enough? When the Edmonton Oilers lose, they lose big because they give up a lot of goals and they lose because McDavid and Drysaddle just don't have it that night. So they're still going to re- rely on, on, on the shoulders of their two stars, but as of right now, it's gotten to where they want to be. They're in a dogfight for first place in their division. They were 9-4 and four in November, and they're still playing pretty good hockey. Number one. And my number one team for my power rankings 3.0 here at the Hockey Hotbed. I'm sticking with the Florida Panthers for a second straight month. Similar to the Carolina Hurricanes, they got off to a really, really good start. Historically good start. Whenever that happens, you're going to find a regression. The Hurricanes are in the middle of one right now. They're still trying to find their way out. The Florida Panthers, they had their regression. And they're back out on the other side of things right now. They're they're back to playing really good hockey. They're black. They're back to picking up wins. Excuse me. Overall, they finished seven four and two in the month of November. Not bad. Not awful. When you have the month like you did in October, you can have a month like that. Find that regression and still be in first place in your division, which is what they are. They're in first in the Atlantic Division. Still ahead of a red hot Toronto Maple Leafs team, and still ahead of the back to back Stanley Cup champion, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, who, like I said, are, are sneakily just still performing extremely well. Now, the Panthers, like I mentioned, they had a little regression. They had a four-game losing streak in the middle of the month, but since then, they've they've pulled themselves out of it. Their last two performances have been a little bit of an anomaly themselves, coming, de- coming back from three goal deficits in both of them to get the win. Aaron Ekblad is starting to uh, start to play very, very well. Sergei Bobrovsky is uh, pacing what he did early in the season, but again, like there, there's a drop there. That's what I'm expecting from Markstrom. There's a little bit of a drop from where Bobrovsky was at the beginning of the season. Spencer Knight's playing a little bit better. This team just, when I look at every team in the league, this team just seems like it's built strongest right now. Yeah, they went through that little losing streak, that four-game losing streak that accounts for four of their six losses. But they turned it around. They're winning hockey games. They're scoring goals still. There's nothing broke in Florida, so why try to fix it in the in the power rankings? Florida Panthers are my number one team. So that is my list. Number 10, Minnesota Wild. Number 9, New York Rangers. Number 8, Tampa Bay Lightning. Number 7, St. Louis Blues. Number 6, Toronto Maple Leafs. 5, Calgary Flames. Number 4, the Carolina Hurricanes. Number 3, the Washington Capitals. Number 2, the Edmonton Oilers. And number 1, for the second straight month, the Florida Panthers. Remaining at the top of my power rankings here for the third edition of the power rankings in the 2021-22 season. I'm going to take a quick break, but when I return, we're going to finish it off with my three stars of the week. I'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL.
Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at sign up at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. Once again, promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let's finish off this show with my Hockey Hotbed, three stars of the week. It's been a couple weeks since I've done one. And I apologize for that. I missed a couple Friday episodes in the month of November, but I'm trying to fix out those details, iron out those details so I can bring you content four times a week, like I promised, twice here at the Hockey Hotbed and twice at the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, as long as, as well as some watch alongs for the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. I hope if you tune into those, you enjoy those as well. But like I mentioned, we're getting into the three stars of the week here. For the last week of November slash first week of December, third star goes to Toronto and their star, Austin Matthews. Five goals in just three games played. Now he doesn't add any assists, but after dealing with and what we thought was suffering from a return from a wrist surgery in the offseason, we thought, okay, maybe Austin Matthews is going to take a step back this season, slow down. And at the early portion, it seemed like it. He's he's fully turned it around. Gets a hat trick on Wednesday against the Colorado Avalanche. A day after he shaved his mustache. You know, he took no shave November and he took Movember a little far. He's had the mustache for like two years now. He shaved it and I, I thought he was 18 again. The kid, the, kid, the kid is not aged. In the six years he's been in this league, he has not aged. Looked like a child and he played like he, uh, he, he was in his first game again. Hat trick. Not for a goal performance, but a hat trick against the Colorado Avalanche. And he scored goals in four straight games. So my third star of the week, Austin Matthews. Also, you know, that amazing goal against Colorado when he was in the net front. It was crazy. So Austin Matthews is my third star of the week. Number two star of the week goes to Jonathan Huberto of the Florida Panthers. Two goals and nine points in four games played. Like I mentioned when I was talking about my power rankings, the Florida Panthers... They've continued to score goals. They have continued to score goals at a commensurate rate, to be completely honest. And Jonathan Huberdeau is one of the big reasons for that. He's a leader on that team. He's a scoring leader on that team. And he's able to put up nine points in four games this past week. I believe this is the second time I've actually included him in my three stars of the week. So congratulations. I think he's the first person to do that. But he also, in those nine points... Five of them came on December 2nd against the Buffalo Sabres. A one-goal, four-assist outing for Jonathan Huberto and a huge come-from-behind victory for the Florida Panthers. My number one star of the week, Kirill Daladala Bill. Kirill Kaprizov. Four goals, ten points in the past four games played. Two and a half points per game. Yeah, how can I not go with Kirill the Thrill? Three multi-point games in that stretch. And it also includes one of, now it's not Connor McDavid level, but one of the most beautiful goals that we've seen all season on Thursday night against the New Jersey Devils. Taking the puck on the near, or the far boards, excuse me. Dancing around Ryan Graves of the New Jersey Devils. And in tight just makes a beautiful move to score the goal. That was the first goal of the game. And he went on to tally couple more points in that outing 
But four goals and 10 points for the Minnesota Wild, a team right now leading the Central Division. Kaprizov is starting to hit his stride. He's up to nine goals on the season. You know, there was a moment, and I had talked about it on a video on here, and if you're on the YouTube channel, you can scroll down and see where I talked about it, about his disappointing start to the season. Well, he's, he's turned it around. He has. He's turned it around basically completely. So Kirill Kaprizov, 10 points and four goals in four games played. He is my number one star of the week. So to go down through it again, Austin Matthews, my third star, my number two star, is Jonathan Huberdo of the Florida Panthers. And my first star of the week, Kirill Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild. That's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Sorry again for missing a couple episodes in the month of November. We'll try to do better. We are going to do better here in the month of December. Episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Three stars of the week coming at you every Friday. So make sure you tune in to hear who's had the best week across the entirety of the NHL. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you for tuning in. If you liked this, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. And we'll really appreciate it. And pass along to your friends if you enjoy it as well. But that's going to do it. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend, hockey fans.